Bangor Worldwide has been promoting and supporting World Mission for over 85 years. Our podcasts are free of charge. You can find out more about us at www.worldwidemission.org. We hope you enjoy this talk. ...to share with you tonight. I don't know about you, but I love the image of Ezekiel on one side of the road and everybody in the village crossing over that road to come past his church to get to the water. And I love the story of 69 villages being opened up to the gospel because they could see Christ, love, in action. What a wonderful story. It's my privilege tonight to share with you what God is doing in and through one uh, mission society. You can see uh, up on the screen uh, my family. I was called to serve in Mexico when I was 23 years old, leaving university in Scotland. I went to learn Spanish in Costa Rica and arrived in uh, Mexico on the 1st of January uh, of 2005. I was called to plant churches in some of the poorer districts of uh, Mexico City. And I met my wife, uh, Lupita, in the first church that I was involved in planting. She moved house to about one block away uh, from the church and began to attend the church. And one year later, uh, we were married. We came back to Northern Ireland and were able to see God raise up funds to go back to Mexico and to plant three further churches. And when those churches reached maybe between two to four hundred people attending, uh, we were able to uh, see those churches handed over to trained Mexican leaders who could take those churches forward. And then Lupita and I were able to move in to new areas where no churches existed and to start the uh, process again. As you heard, in 2008, the Lord called us out of Mexico into an international role with uh, OMS, or One Mission Society, and we now have the privilege of overseeing OMS's work and staff in uh, various continents uh, across uh, the world. We have two young boys, as you know, uh, Daniel and Noah. Daniel is three and Noah is one. Lupita and I were told in uh, 1998 that we weren't able to have children, and uh, we uh, went through a long process of prayer, and God taught us and molded and shaped our hearts, and uh, it was a difficult time, but a great time of learning and deepening our relationship with the Lord. So about six months before my 40th birthday, uh, after 13 years of living in a house with no children, uh, Daniel arrived. And it was interesting that people told us just before he was born that our lives would change. <laughs> Uh, paradigm shift would have been a better description of what happened to the Morton family. I don't think I have been in Starbucks since. And uh, a year later, Noah arrived. And uh, we thought uh, Daniel was focused and decided on what he wanted until Noah came along and he blew him out of the water. So it's an enjoyable experience in our lives, but I, I laugh. Uh, when I think of uh, two people in their early 40s with two young children uh, for the first time after having been used to life alone for many years. It's quite funny. 
uh, unless it's in the middle of the night. <laughs> Wonderful to share with you God's uh, faithfulness and how God uh, has blessed us. It's also wonderful to share with you what God is doing in and through One uh, Mission Society. Uh, One Mission uh, Society has a clear uh, mission that God has given to us. By God's grace, One Mission Society unites, inspires, and equips Christians to make disciples of Jesus Christ, multiplying dynamic communities of believers uh, around the world. One Mission Society exists to see people who don't know Jesus come into a relationship with him, which transforms their life to such a degree that they outreach and touch, change, and transform the lives of others. And to see those new Christians meet together in new and growing fellowships where they care for one another, love one another, learn about Jesus together, and outreach and minister into the local community that God has called them to live in so that they can see that area transformed by Christ for his uh, glory. And that is done in a very simple way. It's done, first of all, through evangelism. And that takes many different forms in many different countries across the world. And that evangelism is basically the way of sharing in a contextually appropriate way uh, Jesus' love and his message of grace and uh, salvation. And as those people come to a relationship um, with Christ, to see them come into those new groups of worshiping believers um, and those groups growing into new and developing churches that have a vision to reach out into their own community and also to grow and multiply. Uh, leaders are also trained in that strategy as those churches grew up, both local leaders and national leaders, trained and discipled to be able to have a heart attuned to the Holy Spirit, to be able to listen to God's voice, understand His timing, His way, and to be able to share that vision and to lead others in God's path to see His work done and His name glorified. And those three things, evangelism, church planting, and leadership training done in partnership. About a hundred partnerships across the world and uh, those partnerships coming together uh, to work in a complementary way in a joint calling to see God's kingdom expanded and extended across the world. I want to share with you now a brief video which really summarizes what I have shared and goes into a little bit more depth about how that vision and strategy outworks itself in different areas across the world that OMS works for and for which Lapita and I have been given responsibility. Let's look at that now. What we want God to do through us is to use us as a tool to equip and empower His church. Last year, I planted four churches. Next year, I plan to plant eight. 
With the help of God, I will plant 12 churches next year. We give thanks to the Lord that through our relationship with OMS, we have 685 churches and 70,000 members. The fourfold emphasis of One Mission Society starts with evangelism, uh, then uh, church planting, then the training of uh, leaders for the church, and partnering, partnering with that church to then reach their country and to reach the, reach the world. All of the parts of the fourfold emphasis have as their focus the building up of the church. They are very focused on raising up and discipling leaders so that they will turn around and do the same within their own nation. So we see a, a train of people growing in grace and then reaching out to others and raising new disciples. We want to see that multiplication so that in the second and third generation, we have many people who are effectively sharing the gospel, transferring that love of God from one heart to another heart. In South Asia, where most people are Muslims or Hindus, only a small percentage are Christians. To be effective in this difficult environment, our national partners are training evangelists who then, in turn, are planting churches. Kirat Rishi is just one of thousands of national partners in South Asia whose first priority is sharing God's love with his neighbors. He's a great example of how solid OMS training has led him to an effective ministry of evangelism and church planting. When I plan to visit a new village, I first pray for the people. Then I try to find someone who will invite me into his home. I make friends with him. After two or three weeks, when our friendship is deeper, I talk with him about Christ. Eventually, the person will ask, who is Jesus and what will he do for me? We talk about what is sin. And when he understands, I tell him that only Jesus can forgive him, no one else. And if he believes in Jesus, his life will be changed and day by day he will taste a new life. This man's life was not good before he came to Jesus. He was a heavy drinker and quarreled constantly with his neighbors and nobody liked him. One day, I prayed for him and he heard me. He said he wanted to be baptized. Now, he's an example for other people. People see big changes in him. My prayer is that these people will join our training session and learn about Jesus and how to lead people to Christ. One day they will be good leaders and church planters. This year, I have already planted six churches. Over the next two months, I will plan four more churches. With the help of God, I will plant 12 churches next year. If I can continue to do this, God's kingdom will expand day by day. OMS partners with organizations all over the world 
who understand how training, evangelism, and church planting work together to spread the gospel and build the kingdom of God. In Colombia, for example, OMS has formed several strategic partnerships with like-minded organizations such as E3 Partners and Prison Fellowship, and also works closely with OMS-founded partners like CONFRA and IGLECO. IGLECO is grateful to OMS because they founded us and have paid a big price to make us who we have become. Initially, OMS gave us training to train others and they continue to develop and train us as we grow. Our goal is to plant 28,000 churches. We can only accomplish this by working together with other organizations and pastors to reach the whole community for Christ. We give thanks to the Lord that through our relationship with OMS, we have 685 churches and 70,000 members. With a partnership with OMS, we've realized that our task uh, doesn't finish here, but it, it goes to the ends of the earth. One of our most effective partnerships is with Prison Fellowship of Colombia. Together, we plan to plant a church in every cell block of every prison throughout Colombia. Currently, we have 144 churches throughout Colombian prisons. The ministry has made a great impact. Now you can see guards praying with prisoners. There is incredible peace because of Jesus. Without the partnership with OMS, they wouldn't be able to do the work that they do. When someone invests in the ministries of One Mission Society, that investment is multiplied into the harvest fields around the world. It's multiplied in evangelism, where literally hundreds of thousands are making that eternal decision to accept Jesus as their Savior. It's multiplied in the planting of dynamic churches around the world. It's multiplied in the training of leadership through the 34 theological training institutions we have, for example, where pastors and lay leaders are trained to make that church more effective. And it's multiplied in the more than 100 partnerships that we have. And we realize the synergy that you can have when two groups come together and work together effectively for the kingdom. The return on investment as a business owner, I don't know, I've not run across any other ministry like One Mission Society that makes the money go so far. I love OMS because they have a vision for evangelism, church planting, and equipping the leaders. Same goal me, that's why I love OMS. When Jesus gave the Great Commission to us, uh, he gave it to the entire church. So it's the whole church taking the whole gospel to the whole world. Get involved, that changes you and it changed me. It's a wonderful experience to go into one of the prisons in Colombia and to see guards worshiping with prisoners. I remember speaking with a prisoner who had been sentenced to over 600 years in prison, and he was one of the leaders of the church 
in the Bellavista prison of Colombia, and he was hoping to be transferred from that prison so that he could plant a church in the prison to which he was being transferred. Wonderful uh, stories. It's great to see how God is working across the world. And I want to share with you just very briefly what God has been doing over the last year, both in and through um, OMS. OMS uh, experienced uh, just over 650,000 people coming to know the Lord over the last uh, 12 months. And we count that not as somebody just raising their hand, but somebody who has had a one-to-one presentation of the gospel from another believer and who has prayed uh, with that believer for forgiveness uh, to the Lord and has also gone to at least one discipleship meeting to begin to grow uh, as a believer. It was exciting to see nearly half a million people last year being baptized, and many of those people are being baptized in countries where that public declaration of faith is a great sacrifice indeed and can even sever their relationships with friends and family and can even place them in danger. And to see over 5,000 new churches planted and to know that those churches are reaching out to show the love of Jesus in a practical way into their local communities and their local societies. But if you're anything like me, it's quite difficult to get my head around, even as I travel around the world, at numbers that go into the hundreds of thousands. And it always helps me to bring that down to the realization that each one of those people is not a statistic. Each one of those people is a testimony, a testimony to God's power, God's grace, God's love. Each one of those people is a member of a family which has seen a difference and has seen a change in his asking questions. One example of that, which is a personal one for me, is Samuel Garduño. The 28th of June last year, I was in Mexico visiting our work there and I had the privilege of burying Samuel. He was 38 years old. My wife had the privilege of leading his wife, Claudia, to the Lord in 1999 in one of the church plants in Mexico. And Samuel was somebody who dealt in cocaine, and he was a cocaine addict. A very violent man, he was so infuriated that somebody had got involved in his family that he came along to the new church that was being planted in that area and that we were leading and he began to make a public nuisance of himself, intimidating people, heckling people, and his nickname was Barney. He was about six foot five, and he wore a bright purple suit, and he stood at the back of the church, and he was pretty intimidating. About two months in, and near the end of the service, he began to walk down towards the front, and everybody was looking at him, and nobody was listening. And when he got to about 10 meters away, I could see the tears in his eyes. And two hours later, I had the privilege of leading Samuel to Christ. He went to our lay training institute in Mexico, a changed man, and he learned how to plant churches in his local neighborhood. 
a neighborhood that he once terrorized, that he was infamous in, and he went with a very different story. His wife, one of my heroes of the faith, forgave him for all of the abuse, and she ministered with him. When he was 35, just uh, four years ago, he was diagnosed with leukemia, and he died at 38, and his funeral was very sad. There were a lot of tears, and yet there was a great testimony of joy to God's power, to God's grace, and how God can work in the heart of a person and change that person and then use them. Each one of those people, those hundreds of thousands, is a testimony, is a story, and it brings glory to God's name. I want to share with you one more video, and that is a video of uh, how that outreach into individuals' lives is done in and through the church, and how those churches are then uh, grown so that they can outreach into their local communities and impact and make a difference. And we're going to go to the country of Israel uh, to see that. Israel, seven million people, most of them Jews. They are liberals. They are away from God. They are hated. They are mistreated. They are anonymous. Yet, in this land called Israel, Jesus, Yeshua, he used to walk here. He grew up here. He worked here. He loved his people. He wept over these people, his people and he's still weeping over them. Israel is not a Christian country, it's a Jewish country. Jesus, for the Jews, is just a historic figure. And what we're trying to do here is try to change this picture, bring Jesus as the Messiah to every Jew in this land. So living here in Israel, and uh, when you, you read the book of Acts, and you see that uh, in the Feast of Pentecost, that is called Shavuot, 3,000 people came to the Lord, and it was in this land. So it makes me dream, why, why Lord, you're not bringing this amount of people here? You know, a lot of people coming to know you. We know that the, the times are different, but it's the same God, the same Spirit. So this is what we are trying to do to do now, in the Galilee, in the north of Israel. You start like a, a house congregation, where we can multiply, and can see more and more people being saved. So, in the congregation that we are starting, uh, we have one man, and uh, like almost eight months ago, he became a believer. And uh, it was good because it was through his daughter, that his daughter, my daughter, okay, uh, uh, shared with her, and she was the first one in the family. So then I came to the father and said, look, uh, Zev is his name. Um, you, your daughter just believed in Jesus. And this can be a real tricky for you. So 
don't you think it's good for you to know why he believes in Jesus? And he said, okay, uh, no problem, but how do I do that? I said, here am I, and I can share with you. So for two months, we sat every week, and then we started to study the Bible. I started in Genesis, of course, because it's where everything started. And then I gave him the idea that God wants to have a relationship with us. And it was interesting because in the first lesson he asked me, Are you talk about Jesus today? I said, no, not today. Uh, Jesus is only in the future. Let's get there. And then I continue. And then one of the critical points was when I was in John already. And then he said, Moshe, you know, it is hard for me to understand that a man can be God. So I can believe in God. He is the, the most powerful. But how can a man be God? Then I told him, you know, Zev, I, be, I, I agree 100% with you. It is hard to see a man being God, but not a God being a man. So then he said, oh, this makes sense. And then two weeks later, he said, Moshe, I am ready to receive Jesus. I got אני אומר כל הזמן, לא שאני הצטרפתי אליו, הוא צירף אותי. הוא קבע שיגיע יום שאני אאמין בו, ואכן זה קרה. ואז באתי למשה הביתה, לביתו, ואמרתי לו, משה, הרגע הגיע, אני מרגיש שאני רוצה להאמין, אני רוצה... לבוא לבקר בקהילה, אני רוצה להיות פעיל בקהילה. ואז משה אמר לי, הללויה, וככה זה התחיל. זהו. I do believe that Jesus wants that this land will know him again. That the eyes of Jewish people will be opened. The veil will be taken away. And that the Holy Spirit will open the eyes of Jewish people so they can know that he is the Messiah. Isn't that a lovely image of a father embracing his daughter, both knowing Christ uh, as their savior? You know, as we talk about people coming to know Christ and as we talk about them coming into churches and growing and those churches outreaching into their society, I'd like to just finish by sharing one prayer request, maybe more than a prayer request, an invitation for you to pray and get involved through that prayer in exactly that, people hearing about Christ coming into churches that are used to touch and change their society. Saturation Church Planting is one of the programs that I have been entrusted with in various continents across the world uh, with OMS. And saturation church planting, uh, very uh, simply, uh, basically, is looking at an area and uh, asking the question, how many churches are needed in this area to be able to ensure that every man, woman, boy, and girl in this area hears the gospel through the witness of a local church and a local church member. One of the areas which uh, OMS, with multiple partners, 
has uh, targeted over a six-year period is the state of Antiochia in uh, Colombia. The state of Antiochia is the home of Medellin. Medellin was one of the centers of the drugs trade uh, where Pablo Escobar ran the Medellin cartel um, for many years. And Antiochia has six million people in it. And as we looked at the state of Antiochia with those multiple partners, we realized that it would take about 20,000 churches planted across the state of Antiochia. And each one of those churches reading out, reaching out into neighborhoods ranging from three to four to five to 6,000 people and going systematically through those neighborhoods as they were trained to do so to ensure that every single person in that state heard a personal presentation of the gospel through a local church. So after a year and a half of prayer and planning and working together with those multiple partners, a strategy was formed, a leadership was trained, and we began to execute that plan, which would take six years. And we're now two years into that with those partners. And even over the last six months, hundreds of churches have been planted. Thousands of people have come to know Christ. And in four more years, a whole state in Colombia will have heard the gospel, every boy, girl, woman, and man, through a personal presentation. Please pray for Antiochia. Please pray for not only the evangelism and the church planting, but please pray for those areas and those partnerships involving 10, 15, 20 different organizations coming together. And you know what? Not caring whose name is on the door of the church, but just caring that an evangelical church is planted in an area where none exists before, and they have a vision, and they have training, and they have a plan to reach out so that every person in their neighborhood has an opportunity to have their lives transformed by the power of Christ within them. Please pray for Antiochia. You know, as I travel around the world, it's very clear that we are living in a very challenging time, but we are living in a very privileged time. The church of Jesus Christ, you and I, the family of God, is in a position where we can fulfill the Great Commission in one generation. That's never been true of the church before. We have the people to do that task. Over one billion people testifying to be evangelical Christians in the world today. There is no reason why one billion people plus can't share with the five to six billion people that have yet to hear. The church within it has the financial resources to do the task. And modern technology only accelerates the process. Sometimes we're tempted to believe the lie that the Great Commission is something that's almost abstract and out there. And it's not just for us, but it's for the future generations. The Great Commission is a doable task, and it's doable by the church today. 
could I thank you, not only on behalf of OMS, but take the liberty of thanking you for being here today and this week, for supporting all of the organizations, whether they have been represented on the platform or whether in the global village. Thank you for your interest and your partnership in that task. Thank you for your giving. But more than that, thank you for your prayer. Because it is through those prayers that God works. It is through those prayers that walls are broken down. It is through those walls that people's hearts are touched and they're changed and they're transformed. It's through those prayers that hearts are moved to be open and are molded and shaped and leaders are made. It's through those prayers that Christ's name is not only preached, but he is glorified. Thank you for your support, your prayer, your partnership in what God has called each of us to do through Christ as his family united. God bless you. We trust you've enjoyed this podcast. If you'd like to make a donation to support the work of Bangor Worldwide, please visit www.worldwidemission.org slash donate.